If you're looking to take your business content to the next level, today's podcast episode is for you. My guest today is Rory Balkin from Donut Digest. And today's podcast is all about content creation, UGC, how to get better at Instagram, how to organize your content, what to say and when to say it. We're going to talk all about that on today's local business podcast. It's going to be a good episode. I just listened to it as I'm getting done editing this particular part of the show. And Rory and I share a ton of great valuable tips for you to get better at Instagram, get more organized with your content, and what exactly should you be creating and when should you be putting that out. Great episode with Rory Belkin. She also has some goodies for you, the listeners of the Local Business Podcast. So stay tuned for the end of the episode where Rory will let you know where you can go get your free goodies for being a listener of this podcast right here. Also, if you haven't yet, sign up for our email. Tomorrow, go over to thebrewserving.com. You can register for our weekly email over there. And if you need some help with your marketing, check out our mastermind group where we put together, and this is something new. We've run mastermind groups a lot, and by we, I mean me. I've run mastermind groups for a long time with business owners and people who own local businesses. But maybe you're a marketer. Maybe you're checking out this podcast and you want to market for local businesses. Email me if that's the case because I've had some people interested who are more marketers who want to learn what's working to market local businesses. And they've reached out to me and said, hey, listen, Bruce, I want to do or be part of your mastermind group but it's all local businesses. So maybe you should start a group with just marketing people where we can have our own group and we can talk all things marketing on a monthly basis. If you're interested in that, email me, bruce at smartpizzamarketing.com. And if you are a local business owner and you wanna be part of our other mastermind groups that we already have going and learn what's working on a weekly basis, go to thebruceirving.com forward slash mastermind and you can get registered over there. All right, let's get into today's episode because it's a good one. All right, guys, welcome back to the podcast. Rory Balkin from Donut Digest is my guest today. We're going to talk all things content creation, planning, Instagram, UGC, all that good stuff here on the podcast. First of all, Rory, thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate you taking the time. Happy to be here. So Rory, give a brief background for folks listening at home or wherever they are uh, about what you do. Sure. So I am a donut blogger turned restaurant coach and event planner. So for the most part, I help donut shop owners and bakery shop owners turn their social media followers into customers. Um, but what I've done over the past few years is kind of moved into the event space as well. So I'm the co-host of Dallas Donut Fest. Believe it or not, there's plenty of people here in Texas who love donuts as much as I do. And uh, last year we sold over 800 tickets wow. to our festival. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, of course, COVID had other plans for this year, but we are reworking how to make that safe and, and fun and possible later this year. So yeah. yeah, given the times, I mean, I'm happy to be available as a resource to any local restaurant um, as far as help with their online marketing presence. Yeah. And as you know, we do the Smart Pizza Marketing Podcast as well on a different feed. So you're kind of, you do for donut shops what we do for pizza shops. For sure, yeah. And they're both very Instagrammable places, right? Like a lot of, do I follow a lot of donut shops and we've actually had a couple that you've introduced me here on the podcast because they do do a great job of marketing on Instagram. And if you oh, do yeah. have a company or a local business that has products that uh, can be very photogenic, Instagram's a great place for you to kind of spend some time and leverage that opportunity there, don't you think? 
Absolutely. I think food is almost too easy in the sense that it's, you know, we eat with our eyes first. Yeah. It's such a visual, um, a visually appealing type of product. But for those who don't run a restaurant, Instagram is a place to build community and make people aware of your business to begin with, because everyone is starting their search online. Yes. They're not driving by your shop and, uh, you know, walking in because you have a a fun sign out the door. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you might get one person, but the vast majority of folks are online first, especially the younger generation. Like I always look at my daughter's generation and look at them, how they interact and engage and find new places and how they talk to their friends. And even if they do find you through a search or they know who you are by seeing you, they always go check you out on social media, whether that's Instagram or TikTok mm -hmm. now. Uh, or, I mean, I, they don't really necessarily use Facebook a whole lot, but definitely they go look up what those places have to offer on Instagram and TikTok before they make a decision on whether they're going to go there or not. Definitely. And you know what's interesting about Gen Z is that they have never been to a restaurant as a diner without their phone. So <laughs> that's amazing. I think about, you know, because I'm a millennial. So I think about when I was growing up and it was a Friday night, we would flip open the yellow pages, right? And like my mom would call the local pizza shop that yeah. was listed there. Um, when I had to go find directions for somewhere, I would print out MapQuest, right? Like I had <laughs> so to print true. it out. And if I made a wrong turn, then, you know, you're screwed. But it's so different nowadays. And, uh, and everyone has that search device in their pocket. So yes. that's the first place they're going. And I'm sure we can get into TikTok a little later too, but um, but yeah, things are things are moving quickly online. So if you're not on board at this stage, you're you're pretty much late to the game. Yeah, I mean, listen, you, like you you mentioned a little bit before in the beginning of the podcast about you know we're recording this in September of 2020, and we're six months into this coronavirus situation for local businesses that's had a a really uh, a dramatic effect on how they leverage customers, how they get customers, how they communicate with customers and how they yeah. uh, interact with them. And social media is the way that people communicate quickly. And I'm fascinated by the people who don't or either don't believe in it or don't leverage it right now. And I, I and I'm in my head, I'm like, why don't you believe in it? Or don't you do it? I mean, I know that there's a lot of businesses out there struggling. And I'm like, this is what we were talking about two years ago. And if you listen to us, right, you would have a much easier time communicating with your customers than just starting right now. I think what it is, is these days, there are so many decisions to be made as a business owner, right? And I'm thinking, especially in the restaurant space as a restaurant operator, but you know, there's the website, there's Yelp, there's social media, there's an email list, there's your actual storefront, there's training your staff and dealing with customer service. There's so many decisions to be made that restaurant owners either do one of two things. They do nothing because they're intimidated or they do everything because they're chasing after the next big thing. Right. And either way, you're not making the right message or you're not creating compelling, you know, content for your potential customers. Yes, if I had to choose, I would do everything versus doing nothing though. Yeah, I, I would agree, I would agree. That's much better yeah. for them. So you talk a lot about, what do you think, your, what is your preferred platform? Is it Instagram? Like, do you suggest if they could, if, if restaurant owners or local business owners are gonna take a step back and say, all right, I know I have to do something. I can't mm -hmm. do everything. What is one thing I should start with? I would absolutely say, say start with Instagram. Um, 
for the restaurant space, like we talked about, it's, it's just a visual form of communication and it's been around long enough that there's a lot of resources out there to help with getting you set up. I mean, we can run through, I have a framework for thinking about, you know, what are your goals with social media and how to set up, you know, everything from your bio to your feed and just get in that planning mindset. Because I think a lot of restaurant owners just, you know, they're running through their day and then, you know, it's five o'clock and they're like, oh, I forgot to post. I'm just going to take a, a, you know, a shitty picture on my phone and hope this is good enough. And there's no strategy behind it. Right. And the fact is that social media is where people are going to search for whatever they're craving for. And if you don't pop up, whether it's Instagram or whether it's Google search, um, then you're, you're totally missing out. So I would say for sure, start with Instagram. Yeah. We can talk about TikTok. We could talk about, you know, like YouTube shorts. I think it's a new, they're all coming out with these new platforms. Right. So, you know, two years from now, five years from now, this conversation could be totally different, but it's about having the mindset to learn new skill sets or just honestly to know enough to be dangerous, whether or not you're going to DIY or delegate to someone. Yeah. So you don't have to do it all as a restaurant owner. You can decide, hey, like I have no interest in taking a photo and planning my captions and doing hashtags. So, you know, hire someone. You can um, hire influencers or a college student who has a little bit more time on their hands these days. There's tons of ways to... Um, to get that skill set on your team without doing it yourself. If you have other things that would better serve your customers. Yeah. You have to think of marketing in social media, that form of marketing as you would one of the tasks that you do inside of your restaurant. If you own a donut shop or a pizza shop, or you are a hairdresser, you're not doing every single task inside of your business, but you know how to do every single task in your business. Mm -hmm. And you have a, process or some sort of training system in place to teach someone how to do it. So that's the same thing you can do with social media or marketing your business. If you don't want to do all of the postings on all these platforms, at least learn how to do it, come up with a system. So that way you can say, Hey, you know what, instead of making pizza today or making those donuts, your job is this because I think you're creative and you're good at it. Here's the process and the system on how to do it. Yep. Yeah, you no longer need to hire an agency yeah. or buy fancy equipment to be effective on social media. And in fact, you don't even need to have the prettiest looking feed. It's about being authentic and transparent and telling everyone what's going on, especially these days when, uh, you know, customers want to know, are you still open? Do you right. have any... Especially with the, you know. uh, Instagram Reels and TikTok and Instagram Stories and all these other, even Facebook Stories gets quite a bit of views nowadays. Like all of those yeah. things, you don't need to be perfect. You just need to do it. For sure, for sure. Um, so if we want to talk about how to how to how to strategize with Instagram, right? Let's what I first like to think about is what are your goals? And this is probably the least sexy part of social media, but you really do have to sit down for five minutes and think about what is your goal with using this platform? So I feel like back in the day, it used to be all vanity metrics. It used to be, let's get as many followers as possible. Let's get as many likes as possible on this photo. But at the end of the day, it's a business. So if you can't convert the people who have eyeballs on your page to customers, then it's kind of a waste of time, right? So you want to think about um, engagement, sure. You want people to 
get involved and share with their friends so more eyeballs are on your page. But um, ultimately, you want to convert people, right? So something to think about is how can you create what's called a call to action or a CTA throughout your whole page? It's almost like a mini website to get people to click that order button or call, for example, for more information. Um, so, you know, for sure, the idea of that concept, you know, when you're planning everything should, should be throughout. And then, um, as far as getting into your actual bio, um, assuming that you have a business account, if, if you don't, any listeners out there, if you're not sure how to get a business account, just Google it. It's really simple to convert from a personal to a business page. That way you're going to get access to a ton more analytics. Um, so, I mean, after that's done, if you think about the bio, you have to treat it like it's almost like a Google My Business snippet, right? What type of category of food are you? Where are you located? What are your hours, especially these days? And how do I, uh, how do I order from you if that's your main call to action? So I think someone who does this really well for anyone who's got their phone nearby, um, search for PV Donuts. PV Donuts. They're based in Providence, out. Rhode Island. Is it P- the letter PV or is it actually spelled out? Yeah, it's the letter P, the letter V, and then donuts. All one word. All right. I'm going to look that up while you talk. Yeah. So they're based in Providence and their bio is pretty simple. It tells them, you know, we're a specialty donut shop in Rhode Island. These are our hours. Click here to order. Click here to pre-order. Um, they also do a really great job with rotating their menu and... Being a little sassy, I think I like that that kind of tone of voice on Instagram, but it's definitely not for everyone. So um, just, yeah, keep it simple and give people the information they need because you have about two to three seconds before someone is going to go to another page if yes. you're not answering their basic questions. Yeah, I looked that up right now. They do have a good Instagram profile, and if you read their copy, you can tell they are a little sassy. I like that. Uh, I like the fact that it's probably how they actually talk, right? Here's a couple of things that you could go wrong with that. I think there's a lot of unfunny people, and you can see this on TikTok, who try to be funny. Yeah. And I don't think you should try to be something that you're not. If you're not sassy, don't try to be sassy because it can come mm-hmm. off being douchey. Uh, and it, totally. It, and if you're not funny, don't try to be funny. Either connect with somebody that is funny and leverage that creativity that they have or just be yourself i think there's a lot of people who look at specifically maybe wendy's on instagram who was one of the first i was just thinking of them oh yeah and they like roast a lot of people and that was great because when they started to do that nobody else was really doing it so it was very very unique there's a lot of copycats trying to be wendy's on twitter or on instagram and it comes across as being copycat because you know that wendy's did that first it's so true. I do enjoy following them online because they're just, it's like no BS. Yeah, I love, I mean, listen, <laughs> they did a great job of doing that and getting attention for doing that. And now they, when you think of being kind of, or, or roasting people on Twitter as a big company, the first company you think of is Instagram. I'm, I'm sorry, the first company you think Wendy's. of is Wendy's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, and and side note, um, in the whole fast food world, the breakfast day part is significantly down because less people are commuting to work right now. Yeah. But Wendy's is like crushing it with breakfast right now because their menu is really unique. And we can get into, we can get into that a little bit later as far as 
um, what you're posting as a, as a local restaurant. But, um, but yeah, they definitely have a unique take on things and that shows. So, so back to your, let's go back to your, cause I side, I side yeah, yeah, yeah. there. Uh, back to your bio. So make sure that you have almost like a Google snippet. You want to make sure that you have as much information in that bio that people need, right? They don't need to hear your history of how you got started. They need to know where you're located, how they can look at your menu, how they can order from you and when they can order from you. Definitely. And speaking of those elements, the section below the bio is where the highlights are. So everyone has seen those bubbles uh, below, you know, the, the main section on the Instagram feed. And that you should treat almost as if it's a tab on your website. Okay. So okay. in the restaurant world, that's going to be things like, how do I order or how do I pick up currently? Right. <laughs> it's a probably big question. Um, any safety protocols would be another big one right now. What's your menu, especially if you rotate your flavors on a weekly or monthly basis? How do you do a, you know, social catering or corporate catering? How do I, how does that whole thing work? Merchandise. Um, things like initiatives could be another option. So if you're a company that has a big charitable component, for example, you can highlight some of the things there. I know uh, another another example for the charity would be the Salty Donut. The Salty Donut is, uh, and donut spelled D-O-N-U-T. So they were based in Miami. They actually just opened up shop here in Dallas not too long ago. So um, they do a lot of initiatives for different causes, but back when COVID hit, they were doing a donut matching program. So anytime someone uh, donated, uh, you know, to the cause, Salty Donut would match it and they would deliver those donuts to frontline workers. Oh, wow. So that would be something to highlight, you know, people want to know what you're into, how does someone, um, what your values how does, are. How does somebody add something to the highlights? Great question. So it all comes from your stories. So... If you add a story, which is usually only available for 24 hours, just okay. for one day, you can add it to a highlight. And so um, what I would recommend, there's tons of services out there that create nice looking highlight icons and graphics, right? Um, Canva is a free tool. I'm sure you've heard about before. There's another service I like called Over. It's an app. There's a free version, then there's a premium version. Um, and that will allow you to create those kind of icons to make it look nice, put in your brand and colors and, and that will be the cover for your highlight. So um, another thing that you could put as a, an option for a highlight is a behind the scenes. Yes. So if you're showing your employees making your specials or you want to highlight an employee, um, you just want to you know show what's going on in your business that's always something that people are interested to see. And then they're also interested to see themselves. So another option is to have a highlight about fans and user generated content. And that's a whole other category that I know you and I talked about getting into um, user generated content on, uh, on Instagram. I love user generated content because it does a few things. It gets the word out about your business without you having to do it. It gives you the ability to communicate with people who are talking about your business, which builds that relationship and that community. And it gives you content because 90% of the time, if the content that these users are, are posting to social media is good, you can reach out to them and say, hey, listen, if I tag you in this post, can I use this photo? And almost always they say yes. Totally. Everything you said, 100%. 
Um, and you know, as much as we marketers like to think that we control the branding and the narrative, you know, yeah, you can make your own logo, you could choose your colors and what filter you want on your pictures, but ultimately branding is what the customers say about you. Yep. So if you're able, able to capture what customers are saying about you in a positive sense and broadcast that, I mean, why wouldn't you do that for free? Yes. <laughs> I've I've done a few podcasts about this. I did one with Tyler Anderson, who talks a lot about UGC and gives some great examples. And not so much UGC, but I did an episode with Jay Bear, who talks about talk triggers, which yes. can lead- Was that the roulette, the, the Skip's playing kitchen? cards? Yes. Yes. So he talked about talk triggers, which ne isn't necessarily UGC, but that can definitely lead to UGC if you do it the right way. Yeah, and I have a few other examples too. I loved that episode, by the way. Um, so here in Dallas, there's a local chain called Zalat's Pizza. Yeah. A couple months ago, they released this Reaper's Roulette Challenge. How do you spell it. that? Sorry, before we get going here. Zalat's, Z-A-L-A-T. Okay. Zalat Pizza. So basically what they did was they upsold, I think it's like 250 extra. Um, they put drops of a super hot sauce on a secret slice of pizza. Okay. So when you get the pizza at home as the customer, you don't know which one has the hot sauce. And they even upsell you more if you wanted to buy a tub of ice cream to cool down after you eat the hot slice of pizza. So obviously, you know, if you're getting that pizza online, you're going to talk about it. Right. And it's such fun content visually. Um, the videos are like hilarious. And they were smart to capture a hashtag so that they could, of course, you know, if you're a customer and you're you're taking a picture of your food, which a lot of millennials do, certainly more Gen Z is doing that. Right. Then you're, you're likely going to tag the brand in hopes that they see it, maybe repost it. Um, it's kind of social clout. So... The other thing that Zalot did, though, was create a hashtag around it. And that's another way to narrow down and be able to focus on like a specific campaign or initiative. Yes. So I love that example. That's I don't think example. I'm up to the challenge, though. Uh, how hot <laughs> is it? Is it real hot? It's supposed to be hotter than I don't even know what the scale is, but like tongue is numb, you know, sweating profusely that the whole thing. See, the fun part about that challenge would be to have it like with your husband or wife or kids and not tell them. So all of a sudden they just <laughs> get this real hot slice and you take the video of them like, what the heck is going on here? All of a sudden this, right. they get hot flashes and they start sweating profusely. That would be the fun part for me. <laughs> I won't tell your your daughters or your family about yeah. that one. <laughs> the, the other thing, let me ask you this about UGC. So uh, when we, so that's a great contest. I think uh, what Jay talks about is a great way to get UGC. Not, let me ask you this. Is it a mistake? So I see a lot of these people running contests trying to gather user-generated content. And what they do is they'll they'll put in their Instagram bio, hey, we're having a contest. We're giving away a $20 gift card. Here's what you have to do. Tag us. Tag three friends. Take a picture of you eating the pizza. Post that to Instagram. And it ends up mm -hmm. not really getting that much traction. Is it just because it's not really – it's very generic and there's no real fun to it. Is that why those contests don't really work nowadays? I think it's old. I mean, from me coming from the food blogging world, I used to run contests, yeah. um, giving away donuts, right? And it would be like, you know, like this photo, tag a friend, yeah. you know, tag me. 
and you know or you get bonus entries if you post a picture of you on stories or something like that right and instagram has been around long enough that those contests in my opinion have lost their appeal people still enter them but you have to give something of value you have to incentivize them and tie it back to your brand so um here's another good example wawa have you heard of wawa before yes Okay, so I'm from Philly. I love Wawa. They're, for those who don't know, they're a chain of family-owned convenience stores. So it's not a franchise, but they have a huge following. And they have a really strong presence on Instagram. So people naturally want to take pictures of their photos just because they've got some unique menu items. It's more than just a 7-Eleven. It's hard to explain if you're not from Philly um, I guess here in Texas, it would be kind of equivalent to a Bucky's, but it's just, it's totally different. I'm biased. <laughs> so people are always tagging photos of their menu items and Wawa is using those photos um, on their feed with credit, of course. Um, but something that they're, they've been doing lately is pushing the download of their Wawa app so that you can, you know, you can order, you could pre-order. They're doing curbside at some locations. They're actually building the first ever drive-through convenience store, like only drive-through. Wow. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so they're doing, they are giving away like a $50 gift card or something like that. If you post a picture of your order, but in this particular case, because of Wawa's branding, it's like clout to share your order. They have these ordering screens, if you walk into a Wawa and you can order your, you know, they've got sides, they've got hoagies and yeah, it's hoagies. It's not a sub <laughs> and they have a secret menu. So there are people that are customers who are showing on TikTok and Instagram. Hey, here's how you access the secret menu on Wawa. Ah. So in that case, it does make sense for them to ask, you know, show us what you're ordering, but you're right. You do have to tie it to your brand because otherwise it's just generic and it's like, here's your chance to win, you know, free donuts or free pizza. And it's like, well, why am I going out of my way as a customer to enter all these, you know, jump through all these hoops right. if I'm for sure not going to get something in return right. that's a value to me. I think Wawa has done something that a lot of these big companies that have raving fans has done. They've built up social clout in order to ask them to tag us in that photo versus a local business who's just starting out on Instagram, whose idea to get going is to say, hey, tag us on a photo. And people are probably like, well, who are you? Why am right. I going to tag you? Make it fun. If you're just starting out too, like you're, it's not too late to build the following. But what I would do if I were running a restaurant right now and opening up a new restaurant is you have to let people try your product, right? You can't just assume that your picture is going to do enough if they haven't experienced your brand or your food before. So, you know, ultimately if you're a restaurant, um, you could do all the fancy marketing in the world, but if your food doesn't taste good, then people aren't going to come back. Yes. That's the basic right there. Yeah, for sure. So, um, if I were just opening up a restaurant now, like COVID aside, <laughs> I would yeah. send out my product to the home address of local food bloggers and let them talk about it for you. That's a great idea. Because if they, if uh, people that are local are following them and you give them free product without them asking, they'll probably share it if it's good on social and then you'll get some exposure that way. Yeah, definitely. 
Um, another thing, by the way, that Wawa does with user-generated content is they cross-promote what's going on on other social media platforms. So I love, uh, they haven't done as much lately, but what they used to do a lot is take a screenshot of a tweet uh, of a customer mentioning Wawa. They took a screenshot of that. They placed it against kind of a colorful, like food-related background and posted that as a photo on Instagram. And oh my gosh, I love that so much because it's doing a few things. One, you're getting the content from your customer. Two, you're building up your own credibility because you, you're not saying our mac and cheese is life-changing. You're letting the customers say that for you. Right. Um, and we all know that reviews have a huge impact on your visibility. It doesn't matter if you're a restaurant or you're a dentist office or a hairdresser. If you don't have uh, you know, a lot of reviews and you're not responding to those reviews, whether they're positive or negative, you're not going to show up high on search results. Um, and, you know, oftentimes when people are searching online, they're not searching for a particular brand. They're searching for a category. Um, you know, they're searching for best donuts in Dallas or, um, you know, best haircut for women. Right. Yeah. I agree on that. We talked about that on another podcast too, about a lot of people just kind of ignore their reviews because they hate those websites like Yelp and all those people who leave those negative reviews. But you're right. People want to see, whether it's positive or negative, the owner responding. And if it's if it's a negative review, if the owner responds to it in a positive way, it can definitely sway that customer from deciding to either not go to you or to go to you by that response. Yeah, and I get it. It's intimidating to, because there's... People say mean things behind their computer screen and there's so many places that they can leave a review. There's Yelp, obviously there's Google, and but there's also social media. So people can say nice things or not so nice things about you on social media. And the way you respond says a lot about your customer service and your, you know, the way, the way that you care about serving. Right. So there does definitely needs to be a strategy around that. But I think what Wawa does great is capture the, the great stuff and broadcast that on their other platforms. Um, there's even, and we can link to this probably in your show notes, Google has a whole marketing kit. They create social media posts for you based on your Google reviews. Oh, really? So I would, yeah, I would oh, take I advantage that. of that. Saw, where, where do people go to get that? I know I've seen that before and I maybe even have tested it out once or twice. Yeah, I'm going to have to, uh, I think it's marketing kit dot with google.com we'll look it up in the show notes so if you're listening to this podcast go to thebruceirving.com and look for this episode and we'll put a link to that to find it i'm sure rory will send me the link and we'll link it up yeah absolutely so okay so we talked about um we talked about bio highlights got a little sidetracked but i guess now probably people are thinking if i'm not posting other people's content what do I post myself? How right. do I, what, what do I create? Right. So you have to break it down by categories of posts. And this is where a content calendar really helps out so that you're not doing things on the fly. So, um, you know, in the restaurant world, there's different categories you can think about and we'll go into them in a second, but I would just say overall, um, rotate the types of posts that you're putting out there, whether it's with a goal of educating uh, inspiring or entertaining or promoting. I mean, ultimately you are trying to sell, right? But you can't only sell because that's a turnoff too. Right. So it's that, 
it's that fine balance. But in the food world, I think it's kind of easy in the sense that there's so many things to connect your food with. Um, you can talk about specials for federal holidays. You can talk about national food holidays. There's at least one every day, I would say. Yes, it does seem like that at least. Yeah, I think yesterday was National Guacamole Day. And the only reason I know that <laughs> is because I have a picture of a donut that's shaped like an avocado. Nice. So <laughs> I was reminded to put that up. So um, so there's that. There's cultural events. I mean, if you think about all the restaurants or businesses in general doing some kind of Tiger King special this year or, you know, I've yeah. seen donuts with the mask emoji on it for covid uh, there's, there's tons of cultural things to connect to. Do you have a new menu item? Do you have something that's limited edition? I mean, the list goes on and on, like all through the, the things we talked about in the, the highlight section. But the point is that, um, you need to rotate the types of posts that you're doing. So it's not all buy this, you know, eight ninety nine. visit us here, you know, call here, call here, call here. You, you have to rotate it because, it is a, you know, you are personifying your brand yeah. and no one wants to be sold to 24-7. Yeah. There's a couple of accounts that I can think of. I'm not going to throw them under the bus that do not a great job of this. And mm -hmm. they're either, they take it to two extremes. We always say like throw a little humor in there. Also throw a little personality, but also show your food. And there's two extremes. There's only showing your food, which is just pictures of your food and you never have any personality in there. And then there's the other extreme where it's, it's all fun and games and memes and there's no photos of your like food. Like what does your pizza even look like? Right. Like <laughs> when I go to your Instagram account, if I'm searching Google and I happen to stumble upon your website because you did come up in the Google search, I am going to go check you out on social media. And if I go to your Instagram account and I'm, I have no idea what your food looks like, I want to see pictures of what I could possibly order on your Instagram account. You can throw in other things in there because I, that'd be great. But I do want to see food items that I would possibly order from you because that's how I'm going to decide if I'm going to go to you or not. For sure. And you'd have to have a really dedicated customer to find you on Instagram, not be pleased with what they saw, and then go to you know Yelp, Google, Facebook, and all the other platforms to double check. Right. You know, So you, you have such a short window to capture someone's attention and if that's and, a really dedicated customer they're not going through all those hoops right they're probably they're, already just coming to you without going to social exactly they already know enough about you right so you're cap you're trying to capture the people who kind of know you or don't know you those are who you're trying to engage with when it comes to the google search especially and then your social media from there you have to think about those folks yeah and you know going back to the planning i do have a social media content calendar we can hook up in the um in your show notes afterwards that helps you think about these things i myself am a visual person so if you are able to print out a calendar or use it as a google doc um and sit down you know 10 minutes every single month to think about what's coming up what's going on in the news um what holidays are coming up how your specials are changing it makes things feel less overwhelming and less in the moment. Um, so planning ahead is, is a big thing to, to make this all, you know, work for you. Um, now, if you get into the actual photo taking as well, that can be a source of intimidation, right? Like, did you, when you were running your, your pizza shop, Bruce, did you 
have any photo skills? Like, was that of yeah. interest to you or not really? I still don't have that many skills, to be honest with you. <laughs> so I did not have any photo skills. We it was a it was kind of a hot mess in the beginning. We only used phones, but this was like 2013, 2014. Phones weren't what they are weren't then what they are now. Like you could if you have a yeah. updated iPhone or Android phone or any updated smartphone today, that camera on your phone is phenomenal compared to the cameras in general that you used 10 years ago. Yeah. And so, you know, if you're, if you're someone who is interested in the marketing side, the photography side of your business, as well as actually making the food, then yeah, use your phone and, and document that way. It doesn't need to be professional in the sense that, you know, it's polished and it looks like it came from an advertising agency that Nike might use. Right. I mean, we want to feel like we know what to expect before ordering from your restaurant or coming into your space. Yeah. Um, so yeah, iPhone works great. And there's tons of apps that you can use in conjunction with, you know, your, your regular camera roll to make the photos look nice and right. make them pop in a, in a natural way. Um, but then again, if you want to, you don't want to deal with that, delegate it, you know, hire someone, use your neighbor's kid, you know, who's got extra time on their hands because they're learning from home right now yep. and who's handy with a DSLR camera or who knows how to use TikTok or Instagram. Yeah, the um, one thing I would add to that is taking photos for social media, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, whatever other platform you're using is much different than taking photos for your menu. And yes. don't make this, the mistake of the photos that someone professionally came in and they had a box set up with a lighting box and they put the peppers and tomatoes or whatever it is around your pizza to use on your menu, much, much different. Those are not social media friendly photos. You need to, uh, we follow a lot of accounts on Instagram and I've talked to a lot of folks on Smart Pizza Marketing Podcast about how they take their photos and the vast majority of accounts that have good engaged followings and really nice photos use an iPhone or equivalent in mm -hmm. natural lighting. Yes. And that's it. Yep. Yeah. I mean, and there's apps we can talk about. Like I love um, Lightroom, Mobile, and Snapseed. Snapseed is one I, I refer a lot. I, I do enjoy that one too. Yeah, but you don't need much. Um, you don't need anything fancy. And um, you have to think about not just the food or the product itself, like you're talking about, um, but how that food or product is actually used. So like I'm thinking right now of a, you know, a, a clothing company. Imagine if their whole Instagram feed was just pictures of their t-shirts in like a flat lay, yeah. you know, a mock-up. Like, I want to see how that product is used. I want to see that shirt on someone. I want to see if it's a sports company. I want to see what it looks like with someone running with that shirt on, right? Yeah. Like, so the same thing could be applied to food. What does it look like if someone's holding your cheeseburger and like the cheese is dripping down their hands? Right. Um, or if it's a family meal, like I want to see hands on the table. Everyone's trying to grab their portion. So um, I think when you're planning the category of posts, that will help you come up with what the visual should look like. Yes. And don't, um, don't get overwhelmed back to the, the content calendar. Don't get overwhelmed. If like, maybe you have a roadblock and you can't think of ideas. That's what happens to me. I'm not necessarily the type of person who I do plan the content out, but I don't have a set time when I plan creativity comes to me in waves. 
sometimes I can be very creative. And when I, and I learned over my years of doing this, that when that hits me, you know, use it for all it's worth because yeah. it may go away and I may not have that creativity, uh, outburst again for three or four days. So if I start to have some ideas of content that I want to create or podcasts that I want to create, I go until I'm done. If it takes me an hour or two hours, I write it all down. Because I know sometimes if I'm going into my content calendar and I'm like, all right, I have to create posts, I just draw a blank and I can't think of anything. Yeah. It's so true. Uh, you really have to take advantage of when that creativity hits and, and you never know. Yeah. For me, it, for me, it's, it's a very much hit or miss. Like it comes and then it goes. And then it, as much as I try to get it back, like the Avengers movie, when uh, Bruce Banner was trying to get the Hulk Hogan to come out and he just wasn't coming out. That's me with creativity. Sometimes it comes out and sometimes it don't. <laughs> it's so true. Um, so, Okay, so what else? We talked about photos, and then you want to get into captions and hashtags. That's a whole other conversation. Yeah, what's uh, yeah captions? I you know you see a lot of these long form captions now. Let's go into the, let's make that let's make that the last category we talk about, so we don't overwhelm folks. Right. What should they be using for hashtags, or how do they find the hashtags that are appropriate to use? So obviously, it's going to depend on what type of business you're running in local restaurants in the whole local restaurant world, you're going to want to keep things um, either local to your geographic area or specific to your category of food. So all you have to do is use the search bar in Instagram. It's its own search engine and start typing something related. So in my world, it's usually, you know, donuts, but hashtag donuts is so big yeah. that your chance of getting found by tagging your own photo with the hashtag donuts hashtag is not even worth it. It's a waste of a hashtag. You have up to 30 hashtags on one post. So you should use those wisely. So find more specific donut related hashtags. It could be hashtag donut shop, hashtag um, donuts of Instagram, or could be, you know, breakfast food. You know, you, you have to narrow it down. And then I like to keep a, uh, a note on my iPhone with different kind of categories of hashtags so I can copy and paste as it relates to the specific photo or thing that I'm talking about in the photo. Yeah. I do the so, same thing. You keep like uh, 10 sets of different hashtags and the one that's most appropriate, maybe I'll add a couple or, or three to one of those sets just to kind of mix it up a little bit or to really get it super focused on what I'm posting about. But I do the same thing. Yeah. And then there's a whole debate, you know, well, where do I put the hashtags? Do I put it in the caption itself? Do I put it in the first comment? It doesn't matter. But uh, for personal preference, I put mine in the first comment so it doesn't get in the way visually of my, uh, you know, what I'm trying to say. But putting it in the first comment will still associate those hashtags with your picture. Yeah, I agree. I do the same thing now. And there was a study done. I forget what company. There's a social media management tool that did a study about, maybe it was Agora Pulse, that did a study mm -hmm. about where the most reach comes from being in the caption itself for the hashtags or in the first comment. And it was very, very similar um, compared to each other. Like I think it was maybe 1%, 49 to 51% versus reach, which isn't a lot. But the reason, the other reason that I put it in the first comment now is because after three or four days, those hashtags have kind of been exhausted and you're mm -hmm. not going to get a lot of reach unless someone specifically 
clicks on the hashtag and scrolls all the way down to where your post was. So I put them in the first comment so that after a week, I can just delete them and my post looks really clean. Yeah, love that. Mm -hmm. I know people also will put big hashtags on their posts for the first like 30 minutes or an hour and then they'll edit the caption um, and then put more niche hashtags there. So, I mean, there's tons of ways you could really dive into it if you want to, but the point is to put something there yes. because that's how you're going to get discovered. Um, and then as far as captions go, Typically in the restaurant world, they've been shorter and more informational. So here's our XYZ special, here's how to order it, um, or here's the inspiration behind the logo, you know, yeah. on our on our t-shirts. These days I've seen more of a mix with as far as, as far as longer form captions go. And I, you know, people are spending more time on their phones. They still want to connect. So social media is a great way to do that. And ultimately there is a person behind the brand. Um, so, you know, longer form captions I've seen success with, you know, with owners being transparent about what's going on in their business, yes. what kinds of changes they've had to make. Hey, someone tested positive. Here's what we're doing about it. Um, or just, you know, here's, here's the inspiration behind this new and exclusive menu item. Yeah. I see that too. Like you see before it would be like a couple sentences. If you want to read the full story, go to the link in our bio. Now they're just putting that full story right in the post. Yeah. Which mm -hmm. makes people stay there longer and kind of absorb that info. Well, that's what Instagram wants you to do for sure. Like the longer you can keep someone on their platform, the happier they are. Right. But you know, for you as a restaurant operator, the longer you can keep someone's attention, the better. So that's why you have to think of your profile as a um, kind of like its own contained marketing sphere. And the only reason you want someone to click off your page is to order your food. Right. That's exactly the point of all of this marketing. Exactly. Um, but I will say, you know, having talked about Instagram and specializing in Instagram that we do have to remember at the same time that we are building a house on borrowed land in the sense that Instagram could go away anytime. You don't have your followers email addresses or their contact information. Um, TikTok can go away at any time. As we know, it's very controversial these right. days. So all of these forms of connection with your customers are a supplement to uh, the, the systems you have in place to actually capture their information through your website, through your online ordering systems, so that you can market to them in their inbox. I agree 100%. Well, I'm gonna do a, we're going to have to do a part two to this. We're going to have to talk about yeah. maybe. <laughs> I could go on. I love it. Me too. We're going to have to do a part two. Maybe we'll, do, we'll discuss TikTok, and then we'll get back to that whole capturing information because I think that's important too, which we don't really have time to touch on today. But like you said, all of these platforms, Facebook went through it, Instagram's going to go through it, TikTok will go through it about rented land. And you can produce all of this great content and have this amazing following and this amazing engaged following. But if Donald Trump decides to ban Instagram, that's all gone. And you need to have a way to contact those customers. So maybe part two will be a little bit more on TikTok and a little bit more on how to capture those customers or how to capture that data from the customers you have on these social platforms. But love it. Yeah, Rory, this was a great conversation. Where can people go follow you and maybe go download those items you talked about on the podcast? 
Okay. So I'm most active on Instagram. Um, I better be after this conversation. So. <laughs> People are going to hold you to that now. Right. So um, you can find me at Donut Digest. It's uh, D-O-N-U-T, Donut Digest. I'm also on um, Facebook and um, dabbling in TikTok. So we'll come back to that one. Uh, my website is DonutDigest.com. I have tons of free resources for uh, local restaurant operators. And um, we will hook up a resource page for your listeners. So um, head to DonutDigest.com slash local business podcast for all the resources we talked about today. Awesome. That's great. And we'll, we'll promote that everywhere. Uh, thank you so much, Rory. It was a great conversation. Don't hang up, but it was awesome talking to you today. Thanks. Thanks, Rory, for joining me on the podcast. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Hit the subscribe button. Do me a huge favor. Leave me a review on iTunes. That really helps us grow the podcast, helps us with guests, helps us be, look legitimate. So just leave a review on iTunes if you're listening to this podcast right now. And uh, we have a lot of great guests coming up for you in future episodes. We're going to be talking more about content creation, more about Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn, all that great stuff on future podcast episodes right here on the Local Business Podcast. If you haven't yet, go check out the show notes over at thebruceirving.com. Everything that Rory mentioned, her Instagram, the goodie link for all the free downloads that she has for you for being listeners of the podcast are available over at thebruceirving.com. Hit me up on Instagram, by the way, too, if you have a question or you have a, a specific topic that you'd like us to cover here, or uh, maybe you have a guest or you are a guest that you think would be great to join me on the podcast. I am at the Bruce Irving on Instagram. Shoot me a message over there. Also at Smart Pizza Marketing as well. That's my other Instagram handle. I'm a little bit more active on that one just because uh, that's our main business over there. So go check out both of those. All right, guys, have a great week. We'll see you next week right here on the Local Business Podcast.